Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. My boys and I went to Monticello recently, the home of Thomas Jefferson, and it's a very beautiful house. It's very well thought of. I thought it was delightful that he had a particular design in mind, and then he went over to be the minister to France. And when he came back, he said that he had fallen or no, he had been violently smitten with a dome shape. And so he needed to add that to his house. And so that's why Monticello has a dome. But the building itself took 40 years. He started it when he was 26 and, and it was finished when he was 66. So many interesting aspects of this house. You know, people didn't build on the top of mountains in those days because the wells would run, run dry. The cisterns would run dry. They had four 3,000 plus gallon cisterns and those would still run dry. So they would need to cart water up from the rivers down the hill. And it's astonishing to me, they removed 10 feet of red clay soil off the mountaintop in order to make a flat lawn, which is not, I hate to break this to you, but it's not a natural beautiful bucolic scene anywhere in Virginia, the thorns and the brambles and the trees sprout like weeds. And so anytime you have a flat green open space, it's because somebody has really, really struggled to maintain it. And then the the 10 feet of red clay soil, they hauled that down the mountain in order to make that into bricks and then hauled the bricks back up the mountain. The entire thing is astonishing in its conception and in the amount of labor that was required in order to construct this building. And the, I guess in some ways, the horrible thing is that as a family, they were always deeply in debt. When he died, he was, I think, did she say $104,000 in debt, which would be, I mean, it's kind of hard to even put an equivalent, you know, many millions today, but so much money, so much money. And so his son, um, sold off the various enslaved persons and disposed of a lot of their possessions. And then I think for me, the part that just jumped out and lodged in my heart was one of the three things that Jefferson was most proud of. He was, um, that he wanted on his tombstone. He had that he had written the Declaration of Independence, that he had written the Virginia uh, Statute for Religious Freedom, I'm not positive that's exactly the right name, but something like that. And he had founded the University of Virginia. So on his tombstone, there's nothing about him being the president. <laughs> it's kind of like ancillary to his life. But that the religious freedom that he um, crafted into the governing documents for the state of Virginia and that then became part of also the governing documents for the country of the United States was... You know, we think about how we don't actually know really what it's like to live under an enforced religious, uh, I guess, structure. It was not required for us to go to church every Sunday and to pay a certain amount of money to the Anglican church or whatever additional uh, religious body there might be. And so after Jefferson had died and his estate went up for sale... The first Jewish Commodore in the United States Navy was a man whose last name was Levy. And he said, I could never have risen to this rank in any other country, but because 
there was the culture of religious freedom here, I was able to attain this rank. And so I would like to buy this estate in order to preserve it because I want to honor the founder. And so even though the family, the Jefferson family themselves didn't own Monticello for terribly long, the Levy family actually owned it for 90 years and maintained it and preserved it and stewarded it well so that they could then uh, turn it over to the Monticello Foundation that has owned it since the 1920s. And as I think pretty much as soon as they got the house, they started tours. So <laughs> if you could make it in the next year, you'll be part of the grand tradition of 100 years of tours or something like that. But for me, what what struck me so strongly about that is that in this case, the visionary wasn't able to hold on to what he had and his family wasn't able to recover from the vast number of debts that he had accrued in his lifetime. And yet there was a man who had the means and who had the vision to continue on what he was doing to con- or to continue on to preserve the, I guess, the structure that he had put in place. And so, Lord Jesus, I thank you for the visionaries. But Lord, I also thank you for those who come behind and who are there to steward well what's been put in their hands. Lord, I think about different reports that I hear about uh, buildings raised up in other cultures, whether by wealthy people who then don't give an endowment to ensure that it can be sustained over the long term, or just different reports of good intentions, but eventual mismanagement. And so, Lord, we're asking for wisdom in the things that we put our hands to. We're asking, Lord, that uh, whether we are in a position to be uh, the original visionary or the one who comes and is the sustainer and the steward, or whether we're the ones who get to just enjoy the fruits of other people's sacrifices. Lord, for me as a tourist, it was a blessing. It was a, a beautiful gift that those forerunners had provided. And so, Lord, I am asking that you would give us the ability to act with excellence, wisdom, prudence, discernment in all of the tasks that you've given us to do. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.